Amen. Can we just give thanks to God one more time for Lee and our worship team for leading us in worship? What a powerful truth that God is not finished with, with us yet, that God's not finished with you, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. That's a, such an important promise for us to remember, that, that God's the one who began the good work. One of the things I think is easy, this series that we're doing, we've been talking about who we are and whose we are and what God, who's God calling us to be, what God is calling us to do. And, and, and I think it's easy sometimes to slip into that place of, of thinking about that what we do defines who we are. And, and I wanna make sure that I'm not saying that and I wanna make sure that you're not receiving that message today that, that what you do defines who you are uh, because it's really the opposite of that, who we are determines and directs what we do, right? We, we are God's beloved children. Before Jesus did anything, before he, he preached and taught and performed miracles and went out to, to spread the good news, you remember what happened at his baptism, right? He, he came up out of the water and the spirit descended like a dove and the voice said, this is my son whom I am well pleased. Before he did anything, so I want you to hear that this morning. We're gonna talk a lot about uh, things that God is calling us to do and be, but what you need to hear this morning is the very core of it, that God says, you are my beloved and, and I am well pleased because I created you. I love you unconditionally. You are mine. God's not finished with us. We, we're, we're all a work in progress, right? <laughs> I think we just need to remember that and start there this morning. We, it, it always begins and ends with God's grace. So let's begin with God's grace this morning. His, His grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect even in our weaknesses. Amen? Uh, I'm so thankful for that reminder this morning. I'm so thankful for, again, Lee and the worship team for, for bringing us to that place of being reminded of God's grace this morning. It, it, it's God that's done it. Uh, but God allows us to do as well. Uh, we are God's handiwork. We are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do the good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. This is not in my notes. This is all extra this morning. It's just free of charge for you. Um, but it does kind of lead into this conversation that we've been having over the last few weeks. This is, this is week four of a series that we started for the summer called Uniquely. And it's about how you and I, we have been uniquely created and called and commissioned by God. There's this little phrase that I've been saying. We, uh, we've been created in God's image with sacred worth. Uh, it's who we are. We've been called to new life in Christ by God's sacred word. God's word reminds us of this over and over again. And then finally, we are commissioned to God's sacred work through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we've been talking about what that looks like in our lives. Um, you were created on purpose for a purpose. Rick Warren says, we are created, we are designed by God to make a difference for God. And he calls this our shape. He says, we're all uniquely shaped to serve and to make a difference for Christ and for his kingdom. So that's what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. If you haven't been here, we've talked about um, shape is an acrostic for five things. The S is spiritual gifts. That's what we've been uniquely given by God. The H is heart, uh, what we're uniquely passionate about. The A is abilities, uh, what we're uniquely good at. Uh, P is for personality, that's how we're uniquely wired. And then E is experience, what we've uniquely been through. All that together is our unique shape that God wants to use to make a difference in your life and to make a difference in the world through your life. 
And so that's what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. We've uh, we talked about how we've been uniquely presented with spiritual gifts to be used by God for the greater good. We've talked about how we've been uniquely passioned with a heart for God to reflect, to, to receive and reflect God's heart for the world. And so today we're gonna talk about how we've each been uniquely prepared with abilities. Did you know that you have abilities that God has uniquely prepared you to use uh, for, for your life, for our life together, and, and so that others might experience life in the world? How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, but be honest, how many, when we talk about abilities and things that you're good at, how many of you wrestle with that idea? How many of you, it's, it's hard for you to think about, yeah, I'm, or even say, right, I'm good at something, or, or how many of you wrestled with like, just like, you know, I don't know. I don't really know if I'm, I'm good at anything. Uh, I wanna tell you today, you, you have abilities. God has given you abilities. God has blessed you to be a blessing for others. Uh, there are a lot of studies that show that on average, uh, everybody has between 100 and 200 abilities. But I think the problem is a lot of times what we do is uh, we focus on what we don't have instead of focusing on what we do have. Does that make sense? So many times I get disappointed by what I can't do and I miss those divine appointments to do what I can. Uh, in other words, um, we're, we, we focus on the wrong things sometimes. We don't think, or we think that we have to be, uh, you know, that it's, not, that it's not humble for us to say that we're, we're good at something, that it draws attention to us. Uh, but really, uh, when we're doing those things that God has gifted us and given us abilities to do, that gives us an opportunity to point to the giver of those good things. And so it really is what we do with it. And sometimes in our culture, uh, it makes matters worse because uh, we live in a culture that tries to make us conform to certain standards or a certain status quo and, and what our society values. Uh, I read a little story this week. It's kind of a modern day parable. I wanted to share it with you. I think it's, it's kind of a funny little illustration of this in the world. There's a story I read about uh, an an, a, a school that was organized by animals. A group of animals got together and decided they were gonna make a school. And uh, uh, they adopted this curriculum, this four-part curriculum of running, climbing, swimming, and flying. Their students were a duck, a rabbit, a squirrel, and an eagle. And so to make things easier to administer their curriculum, uh, the, all the animals had to take all the subjects. So all the, the, the duck, the rabbit, the squirrel, and the eagle, they all took all the same subjects. And as you would imagine, the duck was excellent in swimming. In fact, better than the instructor, but he only made passing grades in flying and he was very poor at running. And so since he was slow in running, he had to drop swimming to stay after school uh, to practice his running. And so, so the, you know, this caused his web feet to be badly worn, so then he became only average in swimming. That was what happened to the duck. But, but see, average was quite acceptable. Uh, nobody was worried about that, so, uh, so it was fine for everybody except for the duck. Now, the rabbit, the rabbit started at the top of his class in running, but he developed this nervous twitch in his leg muscles because he had so much makeup work in swimming. And so, uh, so his grade in, in running suffered as well. Now the squirrel was excellent in climbing, but he encountered constant frustration in flying class because his teacher made him start from the ground up instead of the treetop down. He developed charley horses from overexertion and he only got a C in climbing and a D in running. Now the eagle, the eagle was the real problem child. 
The eagle was severely dis disciplined for being a nonconformist. In, in climbing classes, he beat all the others to the top of the tree, but he insisted on using his own way to get there. Do you get the picture? Do you see kind of the moral of this story? Uh, each animal has its own set of abilities in which it naturally excels, but sometimes we try to fit uh, them in their own little boxes and, and make everybody kind of learn and do and be the same way, even in our lives, right? How many times do we expect or force ourselves or others to fit a certain mold that, that simply doesn't honor our God-given uh, gifts or abilities? The truth is God has not made us all the same, and, and we need to celebrate God's creativity. Let me give you a personal example of this. <laughs> um, you may have heard me talk about this before, but, but my mom's dad, my granddad, and, and his two sons, my mom's uncles, are, they can fix anything. They're the handiest people I know. And, and you've heard some of them, I've shared some of my struggles in that area with you before. But, uh, but they can fix anything, they can build anything, they can rebuild anything. And, and a couple of years ago, I had this little project at my house that I needed help with. I had, um, I had some concrete laid on, in kind of a back patio and I, I needed a, a little patio and stairs that would lead down a deck that would lead down to the patio. And so I called my uncles and my dad and asked them to come over and if they would help me build this, this deck and these stairs. And so they did, and we worked on it all day. I mean, I mostly watched and supervised, but, but we worked on it all day. And at the end of the day, we had this beautiful landing and these stairs that went down to the, uh, the patio. It was perfect. And I thanked my uncles and my dad and I offered to pay them, I offered to buy them lunch. Uh, and, and they just said, no, you know, that's just what we do for each other. And so... Uh, so a few weeks after that, I was talking to my uncle on the phone. He lives up in Nashville. And uh, he said he was getting ready to do this project in his backyard. He had this detached garage. He was going to put in some hardwood floors and do some other things. So I thought, well, hey, you know, this is what we do for each other. So I thought, man, this is my chance to give back. I said to my uncle, hey, I'll, I'll come over and I'll help you lay that hardwood. I'll get, we'll get that project done. and We'll get everything installed in your shop. And, and there was this silence at the other end of the phone. And... Uh, my uncle said, Trey, I tell you what, as soon as we get done laying all that hardwood and everything, why don't you come and have a prayer blessing over that, that project, and, and that'll be the perfect way to end. <laughs> and I, I tried, you know, not to be insulted. I just kind of uh, let it slide off me like water off a duck's back. But, uh, but the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what, that I could see it as an insult or I could see it as an opportunity for me to use my unique abilities to, to literally bless uh, someone who had blessed me. And so I share that with you today just to say the point is this isn't just a struggle in the animal kingdom. It's a struggle in our kingdoms as well, right? It's a struggle even in the kingdom of, of God. It happens in our culture. It happens in our churches. Since the beginning of the time, since the beginning of time, since the beginning of church, human beings have wrestled with this idea. And so I'm so thankful that in God's word, we, we, have, we have some teaching on this. Uh, the Apostle Paul in our scripture lesson today is addressing this very issue. And what he does is he explains to God's people not only how the human body works, but how what he calls the body of Christ works. And so I wanna share that with you today. Um, I'm gonna read for you from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hear this God's word for us today. Starting at chapter 12, Paul says this. He says, just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. 
for we were all baptized by one spirit to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. But even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And then he goes into this almost almost like the story of the animals at the school. He goes into kind of this almost humorous example of how this plays out in our lives and our relationships. Listen to this. He says, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. How many of you visualize like a talking foot or a talking ear during that? Just me? Okay, I probably shouldn't have shared that. Too much information. (laughs) But it sounds, if you think about it, it sounds kind of silly, right? A a foot talking about a hand and an eye, an ear talking about an eye. It's silly, but, but if you think about it, how many of us do that very same thing? Well, you know what? I, I'm not like Lee. I can't sing. What, what could I possibly do to make a difference in the church or in the community? Uh, I, I don't have a lot of money. They don't need me. I, don't, I can't fix things. They don't need me. I'm not artistic or um, you know, gifted in this certain way. The body doesn't need me because I can't fill in the blank. How many of us have ever said that before, right? Sometimes we focus so much on what we can't do that we miss the beautiful truth of what we can do, those abilities, big and small, that we've been uniquely prepared with by God to make a difference in the lives of others for God's glory. We, we, we also miss the other beautiful truth of that passage, and that's this. What we can't do, someone else can do, right? And if we work together, then the body functions properly. Listen to what Paul says. He says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Would you listen to that again? In fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. So friends, in other words, what I think this is saying is the body of Christ needs you. There is something that you can do that no one else can do like you. You're special. Mother Teresa has this quote that goes like this. She says, what I can do, you cannot, which is that's, an easy, that's the easy part of the phrase there, right? Mother Teresa, it's easy for us to think what she can do, we can't do, right? She says, what I can do, you cannot. But then she says, what you can do, I cannot. But together, we can do something special. We're not all called to be Mother Teresa. I'm called to be me. You're called to be you. And together, we can do something beautiful for God. That's, that's the beauty of how we've all been uniquely prepared for a life of purpose and life together in the body of Christ. See, the way that God has prepared us and put us together, we complement each other's strengths. We compensate for each other's weaknesses. Uh, this is not just true for individuals. It's true in organizations. Organizations that consider the unique shape of their staff members and their volunteers tend to grow and thrive. Do you know why? Because when you put people in positions where they're good at it and they enjoy doing it, people thrive. And when people thrive, 
organizations thrive. That's the kind of culture that, that we're trying to continue to build here as a fellowship family. That's why we wanna help you discover your unique shape so that you can grow and thrive in your life and so that we can grow and thrive in our life together. Uh, there's this vision that we have for our church moving forward and it, it's this phrase, sharing life together in Christ as a fellowship family. It's about us sharing our unique gifts and talents and abilities and resources and, and experiences for the greater good and for God's glory. We believe a huge part of that is uh, one of the ships that we've been talking about is this idea of ownership. It's about us taking ownership uh, for what God is calling us to do and be as individuals and as a church. It basically means that every one of us, every member of the fellowship family is involved in, in ministry. And you know, so many times when we talk about people being involved in ministry, uh, not, not just our church, but all churches, so many times we involve people in ministry based on what the needs are at the moment, right? We, we need help in the children's ministry. We, we need greeters in the lobby. We need people to wash the pastor's car, right? Um, I wanna sneak that in there. Thank you, good try, right? <laughs> um, and those aren't bad, other than the last one, those aren't bad things, right? We, we do need those things, but... But that's just, part, that's just part of the picture, right? The needs of the church are only part of the equation. The greater need for the church, I believe, is for every member of the church to discover their unique gifts and passions and abilities so that they can live at, into who God has uniquely created and called and commissioned them to be. So I think a better starting point, instead of saying we need you to help do this, what we really need to say is we need to help you find out how God has uniquely shaped you to serve and then work with you to find places where, where you can live that out in, in your life and in the life of the church and in the community. Does that make sense? It, it, it's the same thing, but it's getting there in a totally different way that I believe is, is biblical, that honors who we are and whose we are and who God is calling us to be and what God's calling us to do together, sharing life together in Christ as the body of Christ, one body, many parts. Uh, there's a old story, a funny story about a pastor who, who stands up. I, can't, I don't think I've, I've shared this with you before. There's a pastor who stands up in front of the congregation one Sunday and he says, I got good news and bad news for you. And everybody kind of leans in expectantly and he says, the good news is we've got all the money we need to pay off all of our debt. And the, and the congregation starts clapping their hands and just burst into, into cheers. And then he says, here's the bad news. It's all still in your pockets. And everybody groans. <laughs> now, a lot of times preachers tell that story to talk about money. I'm not talking about money today. I'm talking about our abilities, our skills, our, our gifts. And I share that today because I believe that, that we all have, we have all the talent, all the abilities, all the skills for us to, to do everything God is calling us to do, to be everything that God is calling us to be as a fellowship family. But we just need to be willing to, to share those abilities that God has uniquely prepared us with for the greater good and for God's glory. I believe that you have something that your church family needs in order for us to be the family that we need to be for one another and for those in our community. And others have something that, that you need, that I need, that we all need in order to be the body of Christ, um, to, to be the blessing that God's calling us to be. And, and the double blessing of of our unique shapes 
is that when we give those abilities to God to allow him to use them for the greater good, not only do we get to partner with God uh, to bring about transformation in the lives of others, transformation happens in our lives because we're getting to use the abilities that God has uniquely prepared us with. There are things that a lot of times that we're already good at or we already enjoy doing. How many of y'all have started watching the Olympics? The Olympic trials are on TV. Have y'all seen those yet? Uh, we were watching them last night and um, it reminded me of, uh, you remember the movie Chariots of Fire? Uh, there was a, it's about the Olympic runner, Christian missionary, Eric Little. He has this great quote that I think goes perfectly with this message today. Uh, in, in the movie and in the, uh, he says, he says, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Love that quote. What does that look like for you? I bet there's, for some of you today, it might sound like this. God made me handy. And when I fix things in a way that honors God and serves others, I feel his pleasure. Anybody like that today? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's uh, God made me good with numbers. And when, I, and when I'm calculating things in a way that honors God and serves others, I feel his pleasure. Maybe for you, it's it's uh, God made me friendly, and when I greet people in a way that honors God and, and, and serves others, I feel his pleasure. Maybe it's God made me funny, and when I make people laugh or smile in a way that honors God and serves others, I feel his pleasure. I could go on for hours because there are literally hundreds of abilities that God can and wants to use in you to bless others through you. I believe that. I believe that you were created and called and commissioned to do and be that. But see, we, the choice is ours. We have to choose to embrace those unique abilities and then offer them to God as a living sacrifice uniquely prepared for him. So last week we talked about uh, some parables, how they're intended to help us understand the Father's heart and then how to reflect the Father's heart, how to go and do likewise. One of those parables, it was in your daily readings this week. If anybody read those, uh, you read the parable of the talents. And in the parable of the talents, uh, it talks about, I'm not gonna read the whole thing, I'll just paraphrase it real quickly, but there was basically a man who went on a journey. He gave three of his servants a different number of talents. A talent uh, was worth about 20 years wages for a laborer. Uh, to one, he gave five. To the second, he gave two. And to the third, he gave one. And he went on a journey. When he came back, he went to his servants and asked them what they'd done with what they'd been entrusted, he had entrusted to them. The first two servants said they'd used the talents and they'd multiplied them. Uh, the third servant said that he had hidden the talent and he returned it to his master untouched. And the gist of it is the third servant was punished. The first two were praised. Well done, good and faithful servant. He said, you have been faithful with a few things and I'll put you in charge of many things. And then he says, come and share in your master's happiness. That's what I think of when I think of God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. See, see, God's given us abilities for our good and for his glory, which is our greatest good. We've been faithfully entrusted with certain things we, to faithfully steward as servants of Christ. And when we use them, when we share them with others as we're sharing life together in Christ, not only does God multiply those, but, but we get to share in the happiness of the one who's given it to us. See, I've said it before, I'll say it again. This is not something that God wants from us. It's something that God wants for us. God wants us to experience this kind of life. And so he's uniquely prepared us with things in order to do that in a way that, that we've been uniquely 
created and called and commissioned to. So this morning, I want to invite you to take all this and, and just make it personal this morning. I want to ask you a few questions that you can think about and, and pray about this week and, and this morning. Uh, the first one's a fill-in-the-blank question. God made me blank. And when I blank, I feel his pleasure. What does that look like for you? What do you love to do? Where do you feel God's pleasure when you're doing something for God's glory and, and to serve others? What are you able to do? Not just what you're good at, but maybe what you're able to do. Maybe your uh, stage or season of life that you're in right now. I, I've been so thankful. Uh, we've, been, we've been talking about kind of our relaunch and things that we're going to be doing this fall and how we're going to need lots of folks to be involved for us to be able to do that. And, and um, there have been so many examples just over the last couple of weeks where uh, there's been a need that we've been wondering and praying about how to meet and somebody's just contacted us out of the blue and said, hey, I can do this. And, and God provides. And, and I'm praying for God to continue to do that. But, but it, it, it just is about, you know, things that we are able to do. And then the final question is this, what are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna, how are you gonna use those abilities to serve others and to bring glory to God? Now, I know that this may sound a little overwhelming to some of you. Uh, whenever we talk about something like this, whenever we're asked to consider our abilities, uh, like I said, sometimes there's something in us that just pushes back on this. And so I just want to acknowledge that this morning and, and just, just acknowledge a few of those sticking points. Uh, here's a few of them. One that, I, one that I've got is maybe there's some of you here today that you've never been told or encouraged in your abilities. You truly don't know what they are or, or, or where to start. And that's okay. Uh, I would just point you back to that original phrase, you were created in God's image with sacred worth. You need to know that today beyond anything else that God loves you and anything that God wants you to do, it's what God wants for you, not just what God wants from you. So just know that today. Uh, number two, maybe you've never uh, been able to overcome that fear of, of trying out your abilities or stepping out and trying something new. Uh, maybe you're afraid that if you use that ability or shared that with someone else that, that they maybe would criticize you or, or reject you or judge you or it wouldn't be good enough. Uh, maybe you've never taken the time or acknowledged the need for you to refine some of the abilities that you have. Sometimes pride and even laziness keeps us from going from good to great with some of those gifts and abilities that God's given us. Sometimes it just takes some practice. And then number four, maybe you've never been able to connect the dots between your abilities and specific needs in the world, in your community, in the church. So if you're wrestling with any of those this morning, if, if that little voice is already telling you, you know what, this isn't for you, you can't do this, uh, I wanna give you four quick things, four next steps that you can take today and in the days to come that will help you overcome these obstacles and maybe help you answer these questions that I've shared this morning. The first one, there are four of them, they start, all start with S in good preacher alliteration form. Uh, the first one is this, seek. Uh, maybe you need to start this morning by seeking wise counsel about your abilities, seeking God in prayer, seeking uh, trusted people in your life. I can't tell you how many people in my life that, that have come to me and, and, and shared things about me that I couldn't see, that I, that I didn't know myself and have helped me on my journey of discipleship. Maybe you need to find those people or maybe you need to be one of those people for someone else today. The first one is seek. Um, if you hadn't taken the spiritual gifts test we've been talking about, I'd love for you to do that. It's just gifts test. Dot com. We'd love for you to let us know your results. I promise we're not gonna immediately draft you to do something that you don't wanna do. Uh, that's not what it's about. 
It's about helping partner with you to connect you with opportunities that'll help you live out that unique purpose in life in ways that, that will help you thrive and grow. Number one is seek. Number two is surrender. Once we discover what those are, sometimes that means just surrendering it to God. Maybe you've been using an ability for, for your own good and maybe God's calling you to give it to God this morning and allow God to do what only God to do, to bless it and multiply it in a way that maybe you couldn't even imagine that God could do it. Maybe you need to surrender this morning. The third one is sharpen. Maybe you've got some abilities that you need to sharpen today. Maybe you need some training or maybe you need some resources. Just because you're naturally good at something doesn't mean that you don't need to develop it or just because you're not naturally good at something doesn't mean you, that God's not calling you to develop it. So, so seek, surrender, sharpen, and then the last one is share. Maybe God's calling you to share your abilities with others today. Maybe God's calling you to teach or mentor someone else. Not only does God call us to use our abilities for his good and for building up his body, but God wants you to use your gifts to help others develop their gifts and abilities. Maybe God wants to use you to, to be wise counsel or to mentor someone else who, who you see abilities in that maybe are similar to yours. Wherever you are this morning, I just want you to consider uh, how God might want to work in and through your life this morning. And don't forget that foundational idea. We were created in God's image with sacred word. We are called to new life in Christ by God's sacred word, and we are commissioned to God's sacred work through the power of the Holy Spirit. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You were designed by God to make a difference for God. And I promise if you'll take the time to seek and surrender and share and sharpen those God-given abilities in, that have been uniquely prepared for you. You're gonna grow and thrive. And we're gonna grow and thrive. Every, those around you will grow and thrive because we're doing and being who God has uniquely created and called and commissioned us to be. If you got more questions about that or you wanna talk more about that, I would love to talk and help you get connected with those things in ways that, that bless you and bless those around you. I want us to just take a few minutes this morning. As the worship team comes up, they're gonna lead us in one final song. I wanna invite you just to prayerfully consider some of those things this morning and see what God might be laying on your heart today. I wanna pray for you. Let's pray. God, I do thank you that you have uniquely made us with a purpose. And God, it, it's, it's for our good and for the greater good of this world and for your glory. Lord, help us to believe that truth this morning. I pray that your word and your spirit would speak louder than any of those voices in our heads and in our hearts that might be telling us that we're not good enough or, or we're too much or, or we're not enough. God, would you remind us today that we are your beloved, that, that your grace is enough, that in you we are enough, that Christ died for us and his grace is sufficient, that, that your power is made perfect in us, even in our weakness, that he who began a good work in us will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God, speak to our hearts and minds this morning. Help us to believe it, help us to receive it, so that we can go and, and reflect it to those around us. Lord, help us to open our hearts and minds today to hear your voice and to respond. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand?